0: Well, here we are. We'll start another subject, and hopefully people can follow this one as well. Um, we'll be doing a uh, talks on how uh, some of our writing is going. Uh, in 2016, I published my first book, um, "The Shadow Valley." Granted, it's not the world's greatest book out there, but it is about my life. To a certain point, I left out a lot of things because I didn't, I, and I kept it short. I have a view of books because I'm dyslexic. The books should be easy to read. They don't need to be five, six hundred pages long. Um, not saying that a story, but that that book, for my ability to read it and understanding, and comprehend it needs to be easy to read, simple words used, um, good line spacing, um, decent font size, um, and right around 250 pages because I can read that. I can read 250 pages, and by doing 250 pages, I am able to walk away without having to read it five or six times to understand it. That's part of my dyslexia. I've, I've, I've read a few books in my lifetime um, without them being on an audiobook. book uh, because my dyslexia is such that if I try to do something um, in reading, it becomes an absolute nightmare for me. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is, unless it's broken down into small s- segments. Um, growing up... In a religious household, we read the – my parents were Mormons, and so was I at the time. And um, we read the Bible and the Book of Mormon on Sundays and whenever a few other issues took place. Uh, And then going to seminary every morning which I couldn't stand and didn't really give a flying rats about. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what you had to do in that environment and how, I, how you had to read. And the, Mormon, uh, the Bible the Mormon use, Mormons use or the LDS Church uses, uh, everything's break, broken down into small little sections. It's the King James Version Bible. And they break it down into small sections, so you have like a, a, a verse, and then you have another verse, and then you have another verse to each chapter. And it, for me, that's beautiful reading. I've read the Bible and the Book of Mormon a couple of times um, because I can understand it that way. I don't have to read it five or six times to walk away with um, an understanding of what I've just read. Um, when I read a I've I've read textbooks and if the textbooks is long winded, forget it. Throw that book in the rubbish because it isn't going to do me a doggone bit of good. University I had a lot of struggles with because you'd buy all these books and I couldn't read them. They were just it was just too much. So um, lucky for me, a lot of my books were put out on tape, so somebody at the university would read it for me, and then I'd listen to the tape. Um I'm a big fan of audiobooks. Love them. If I could ever write a book that's good enough for Morgan Freeman to read, I would be in heaven. To me, he would be like the most perfect person to read my book. Granted he would not read The Shadow Valley because that would not make sense having this uh, Morgan Freeman's voice is sexy. I don't care what anybody says. I love it. It is just it's up there with Sean Connery's voice. They're two sexy voices, uh, and but but you know yeah If you looked at my autobiography and you had Morgan Freeman reading it, it just would not flow. It would not be good. Um, but I am in the process of writing um, a book right now, um, called The Choice. And it's almost finished. It really is. I've, I've got it to my my um, max word count um, that I want to stay within. I may adjust that a little bit, may go over this time. Um, I do keep it to a 250-page requirement. Um, I don't go over that, period. 250 pages. Um, if the word count goes higher or lower in those 250 pages, that's okay because – that's where I want you to be able to read in a weekend or a day if you're a fast reader. Or if you're dyslexic, it may take you a few weeks to read it if you're like me. But I want you to be able to read it and understand it and go, yeah, that's cool. Um, Choices is the one that I foresee that if, if uh, I keep going and working out the bugs with it, probably by the end of this year, it will be published. Um, I love the book. I love the idea behind the book. There's a few small chapters in it. Where I am beating the living hell out of myself. Because I don't like them. And it's not the book's fault. It's my fault. I I just don't like them. Uh, And I'm trying to rework them in my head. The idea behind the book. To kind of get people interested in it. Is that. If you today. Found out that in 100 days the world as you know it will be uninhabitable that everything living on it will be dead and you have 100 days and you were given 50 people to choose 50 people that you could save who would you choose? Now I have a character in the book who is faced with this dilemma. Um, and you're going to walk through this story with him. But I've changed it up a little bit. I've, I've added in a couple of different things. We all listen. We all like movies. I, I, I'm we don't necessarily like books that are made into movies. Um, uh, <laughs> I game of Thrones. Um, don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> actors were fantastic. Story went, <laughs> um, I hope that the next two books are, will be able to do it justice. Um, I've, I've, what I want to do is, is change up a little bit. So as you're reading my book, it's going to tell you to listen to a song. Just like in a movie, you'd hear song in the background or music in the background. What I want you to do is listen to this song before or during this part of reading. Because I want you to get a sense of not only the music that's going with the book, Because I love music. I'm just totally addicted to music. And um, I I want you to expand your view as far as what can be done with a book. Challenge the reader a little bit. Because I've never seen it done. I've never heard it done. So I'm going to kind of give it a go. Um, I may, may, read the first chapter of the book here before I uh, send it out for publish um, only because I want to do it in my own voice I want to be responsible for my own audio part of this book and I want to make that first chapter free and I, I, I just want to see if I can uh, see if I can entice people to enjoy it I never try. I'm not looking to make it rich on my books. It's just not something I'm interested in. My autobiography was more of a uh, trying to get people to understand what it's like being trans. Which, if you go back to another subject that I have on my podcast, you'll understand that um, the uh, the whole. The whole uh, writing, I, I start to look at like George R. R. Martin. I really have a a, a respect for those. Those are some serious character developments. Um, I'm in the process of listening to his audio tapes and the world he's created in Tolkien's world. Oh my gosh, I love the Lord of the Rings. I even love the movies that were made. Uh, granted, The Hobbit didn't do it for me. Hobbit did not do it for me. Um, David Eddings, fantastic writer, loved his books. Um, That was the one thing I'll have to give my ex credit for. Um, She got me hooked into David Eddings' um, books. And um, over the years, I've listened to them on uh, audio as well. I read the first series while on a plane flight from Australia to America to visit family and became completely addicted. And for me to become addicted to a book takes a lot. I could not put this book down, this series of books. And by the time I landed in America, I had read three of the four books. And I was hunting around America looking for this stupid fourth book because I I could not stop reading it. I was so addicted to it and i read the fourth book and and it was absolutely beautiful it was just you know you one of those magical books that you have you have a affinity for um i also have a um, a real love for role playing games the old dice and dungeon and dragons and any other type of role-playing game. I'm in the process of even developing my own. Um, Finding out that it's a lot harder to build than you actually thought it was. Um, And the ins and outs of building that book. Um, Some of the excitement that you hope that you can get people to join in and help you build this project that you've fallen in love with that not necessarily everybody's going to fall in love with. And that's okay. And I, I get that. We all have our own lives. But I was kind of hoping to make a project out of it. for To bring a business into Tasmania, Australia. Um, still a dream. Still a hope. Uh, hoping that I can get more. Get some people interested. And in finishing this. Uh, this idea. This piece of work. Um I have a, and that one's called Blight, um, have a real unique spin on, uh, a role playing game with that. The next book that I'm writing is called, um, Leaves. And I, I've, I've, I really love Leaves. It's a passionate, um, book. I, I can't call it fiction and I can't call it, um. Uh, non-fiction either because it, it's it's kind of a hybrid between the two. What I'm trying to do is build a book about my father's life. Um, I have a lot of respect for my dad. I don't like he, everything that he's done um, or haven't hasn't done in his life, um, but I respect him. Even though he doesn't want to talk to me anymore or doesn't care that the truth is out there. Only cares what he's been told. And not what the truth is. Uh, that's his choice. But I have respect for him. And in that respect. I learned a lot of things about him. But And I wanted to write a book. About my dad's life. I wanted to. I wanted to know more about my father. And immortalize this piece of work of his that is his life and as I started digging I, I found I found that as you dig in certain uh, nonfiction subjects be careful how far you dig you may not like the monsters you drag up and as I started digging into this book and creating this piece of work I found some monsters. And I found some issues that one of the ones that my dad wanted to he stressed to me is, you know, make sure that when you write about my dad, you write about him in such and such a light because my dad was a good man. And the and when you're doing that, it's it's really hard that when you're writing this, writing about a subject that is, you know, real. It's it's not fiction. It's real. And how do you write about it with With that constraint, when you find out that there's a monster in the book, it's like that book, that children's book, there's a monster at the end of this book, which was a golden book. And it's with Oscar. I mean, not Oscar, it's with Grover and Grover's So afraid to reach the end of the book because there's a monster at the end of this book. And then he realizes that monster is him. And my kids love when I read that to them when they were growing up because I was very animated in the way I read it to them. And, you know, I used to bring Grover to life and we had a lot of fun with that book. But when you're writing as an adult and you look in those and you start lifting up the rocks to see what creatures are under the rocks, you may find out that monster that you just picked up the rock of was his eye. And he is bigger than you're ready to write about. And you're even bigger. Than. My father. And when you start to understand all the pieces that go into my dad's puzzle. I had to stop. I, st- I stopped writing the book. I even shelved it. Um, because it came to a point where I was not able to. Not only ap- appease his desire. To see his father be um, written about in such a light where he was a good, perfect man. Um, because the reality isn't there. And I love my dad. <coughs> but I don't think he's prepared for the reality of what the story is. And I don't think the rest of the family is truly prepared for what the story is. Um, I talk to a lot of my aunts. And unfortunately, my uncle has passed away, but I did get an opportunity to talk to my his his lovely wife. Um, and and you know, I, I did my research. I found out, and I I looked at hardcore facts. I went and looked and did some research. Um, you know, I was even I even wrote to um my father's old squadron in the Marine Corps, because he, he was at the time part of the uh, Marine Air Corps, um, and I wrote to them for information about my father, and wrote directly to the squadron itself for some of their history, and I, I really did a lot of digging on my dad, and it was really quite interesting, and I found out a lot of things that I didn't know about him. And my dad suffers from PTSD, and I would have loved my father to have been able to put our differences aside, put a, put aside his, um, his problems with me as a human being and have a wonderful conversation about his life. But my dad's not able to do that. I think some of it is those that he's influenced by and I think some of it is his own battles throughout his life have made him unable to talk about those subjects because some of them are difficult and they are. And when you're writing a story about someone's true life Dredging up the past can be very difficult. It can be very scary for them to face. The mistakes, the triumphs, the the pitfalls, it can all be just too much for them to face. My book called Leaves is designed around my dad's story. The idea is that you can't control who your family is. You cannot I originally wanted to write it, you know, the, in, a, in a genealogical standpoint view, you know, everything below the tree is the roots, which is your family tree, your family roots. They anchor you to this world. Um, and I wanted to write about the top of the tree, who were my friends. I, I have a group of friends that are just – I would do anything for these wonderful people, and I wanted to write about them. I wanted to have the opportunity to expose not only them, but their story to the world. And as I started getting into it, it kind of my dad's story kind of took over on Leaves. His story became epically large, to be, to be quite – it's an epic in its own, right? Uh, and the struggles that he went through and the realities of his life. And then I decided, as I was writing it, what if I wrote it in such a way that I looked from the person's own voice? So, in other words, I, I didn't. I there's a story in part of it where I uh, I'm not I'm not blessed to have known my grandmother on my dad's side, his mom. And I don't think my dad was blessed enough to know his mom either. And I come to the hardcore reality of what it's why in this book. But at the same time, I wanted to write it from her voice. I wanted to bring my grandmother to life. Because I learned so much about her. I really did. And when I looked at the stories that everybody said here was this woman who was an amazing character. I wanted to bring her to life. I wanted people to feel a part like you were talking to her. So I wrote her character. And then I, then I learned a little bit about my uncle and I started diving further into what my uncle's life was like. And I wanted to, um, drag his character into the book. I wanted to bring him to life because these two individuals are dead. You can't get a story out of them. You can't get them to tell you. So you have their story and you've got to make it live. You've got to make it enriched. You need to have people vested in these characters. Um, Anish didn't want to be like, you know, my dad did this, 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 this. I'll feel good about my dad. But he didn't do this, 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 feel bad about my dad. No, I didn't want that. So as I was writing my dad's book, I started to see if I could write it in that view as well. And it was so difficult to bring my dad's story to life, to bring my dad to life. My dad is such a... An amazing figure in my life. Even though he doesn't want to talk to me. Even though he doesn't. Want to be a part of my children's lives. At least these last three. That that That's his choice. It's his loss. It's not these children's loss. Because they don't know any different. They don't know the goods. The bads. The uglies of, of my father. And I think that. They would be at a loss trying to figure out why is this person like this but doesn't want to talk to my dad so i think it's good that my dad doesn't talk to my kids because it would be hard for them to reconcile my dad's a good person my dad does this my dad does that with us my dad is a good person and i love my dad why does my grandfather not like my dad You know, why does my grandfather treat my dad this way? So I think in kind of a way when when I shelved that book, it was just out of sheer desperation that the man that I once thought was someone I wanted to be like and tried to be. As a trans person, it's very difficult. You you look – at least I did. I looked at my dad. He's a very manly man, and I wanted to be a manly man, but I could not do it. I just did not have the feelings. But I I didn't want to be trans. I didn't want to be like this. I wanted to be like my dad. But I never could have reached that goal. Because it just was not in me. And I don't blame him for that. And I don't blame myself for that. It's just the cold hard facts. And he doesn't like that. And that's okay. I don't blame him. I respect him. I don't like it. But that's the way it is. And I'm kind of glad that my kids aren't exposed to that. So I shelved my dad's book. I learned a lot from writing it. I will write it. The day he passes away is probably the day that I will publish that book. Because I think what's in it needs to be told. My dad did some amazing things and saved saved a lot of people's lives. But people don't know that about my dad. Because my dad doesn't talk about it. I did a lot of research. And, I, and when I found out that my dad earned some amazing medals in the Air Force for some of his brave acts, I grew in my respect and my admiration for my father because of what he did in his earlier life. I wish I would have known him. So like I said, as I'm writing that book, and then I've got uh, another book that I kind of – it's a tongue-in-cheek book. It's the things my doctor never told me about being trans. Um, That one is kind of just sort of sitting there. Every time I do something stupid and think, why didn't my doctor tell me about this, I put it in that book. Someday – I may be done (laughs) up to my page level and write in in quick little story bits about it and publish that one. Uh, It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek view of being trans because, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, you have no right at laughing at anybody else. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I have a couple others that I'm not ready really to expose and talk about um, because they're not – they're still in the first – Ideal stages and the draft um, design of them. So. But like I said. I hope that you follow me on this journey of writing. I have a lot of respect for writers. I love Stephen King. Um, I love his writing. Simply because the man kills your favorites. <laughs> and he doesn't care. Um, it's just something about it. And You know I have my favorite authors. But. Uh, but I hope that we have this wonderful journey together. And like I said, there's no excuse for abuse. If you are being abused, please find proper help. Get out. Not only for yourself, but if you have children, get out. They don't deserve it. And guys, if you having mental health issues, talk it out, please. Uh, love you all. Talk to you later. Bye.